Oh, we're here, guys. I'm just having tech difficulty. That's all. Here we go. Now, now here it is. Wait, wait, one more, one more. Okay, here we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's J Cal. It's Chance Profit. This is Sessions with J Cal. We're here to just talk some uh, some good old fashioned wrestling, good old NWA style wrestling from uh, from yesteryear, and, and we're gonna keep or catch up to see what Chance's been doing lately. But uh, first of all, Chance, welcome to the show, man. How you been? Been good, other than the fact that like everybody in my house is sick, other than me, and that's like bizarre world. If someone catches something, I'm usually the first one to get it. Now how the turntables have turned. Yeah. Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs> That's right. Well, I hope everyone is feeling better soon. Uh, hopefully just the regular stuff, like the common cold and flu and stuff. Yeah. Nothing nothing pandemic-wise, uh, thankfully. So it's just uh, kids being kids and kids eating boogers. So... <laughs> It's funny, Chance, when we started doing these things, when you started doing these things, when I first learned of you, now I had a little one, and, and you were a single guy, you weren't married, you didn't have kids, and the evolution of Chance Profit from, you know, pro wrestler to, to proud papa, I mean, what a journey you've been on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but literally, I never would have found myself canceling a booking for uh i never thought that i'd ever be canceling my, uh, a booking for well my, my whole entire family sick and i had to do that this weekend that was a first Ooh. so that's gotta hurt just a little bit right uh in the pocket and in the pride department but it's okay so of course like as much as i love talking about you and your family we are we are here to talk about some wrestling um wrestling. specifically the uh the nwa because you spent such a long time uh of the nwa i even referred to you as one of the pillars and the reason why i did that is because at one point i know when when for at least for me you know the nwa was always kind of aloof uh when jim crockett promotions and and new japan pro wrestling had left the nwa um there was this obviously this uh a lack of awareness i would say and you know, we all find out later that Dennis Corluzo is still promoting the NWA. Uh, Joe Price is still promoting the NWA. Uh, and, the, and the NWA brand is growing, and there's lots of other promotions out there. But, you know, uh, as someone who lived in Southern California, I didn't find this out so much, much later. But and when I did, there were several guys in place who were already kind of doing big things. Uh, one of them was Drew Onyx, somebody who uh, was a uh, North American champion, had held the uh, British Commonwealth champion a handful of times. Uh, there was you, of course, who was the national champion when I came in to start following this modern era of the NWA. Um, and then a handful of other guys like Damian Wayne. And, and, you know, I kind of always looked at you guys as the pillars that held that NWA together, along with the likes of Adam Pierce, because it just seemed like you guys were the ones that were getting out there, putting the name out there, putting the respect the NWA deserved and making sure that the fans were well aware, like, hey, this, this NWA still exists, man. It's still here. Tell me about those early days. Like, uh, you know, I said 2005, but you corrected me, said 2001. Let's talk about that first, you know, first few years of your career in the NWA. So that first uh, that first experience was rough. I, I alluded to it on Twitter. Um <laughs> 
there was somebody said, Hey, and I was like fresh. It was 2001. So I started in 99. Um, and the first literal chance that I had to be on a NWA show air quotes, air quotes, um, <laughs> Even though, like, I mean, it was legit. It was tied to the NWA, tied to the lineage. But the first time I was there, I had my payday stolen from me. Uh, I think I worked two or three times that night. I can't remember uh, because someone no-showed and another person was like, hey, you're kind of a hometown guy. Would you will be willing to go out there again? I'm like, sure, young and dumb. <laughs> I'm on the NWA like two two or three times tonight. And then the guy, like, literally walked off with me myself uh my pay and my trainer's pay and yeah it was rough but it wasn't the promoter it was just another guy that we know who's it it's just weird the paths that we all take but um you ever run into him again after that yeah actually we're like aside from wrestling like i'm a pastor and uh and then he's a pastor too so it's ultra weird Ultra weird. It's like, okay, you literally like flip flopped on that one. Did, or just, did he ever? Did he ever make good with the money? Nope. <laughs> you gotta tell him. There's, there's some interest out on that. Oh man, if there's some interest, I might be back in the NWA <laughs> if we if we tied all that money, because you know it was a huge payday if it was tied to the NWA. Right. Um, but like when we broke in, like from that from that day, um the current promote or the current president I'm, i can't remember who actually was president it may have been jim miller um about right right about that time and then richard arpin started using me and one of his associate members kenny mccoy started using me as a regular and that caused a whole big fuzz just stupid stupid stuff I'm like, I'm still technically working for you, but he was mad because I was working for NWA Bluegrass more than him. I'm like, well, he's running more than you, and he's actually putting me with names. So, um, <laughs> I, I see, and that's another promotion like, man, gets no love, right? Because Bluegrass, I mean, they were bringing in guys. I, I think Al Snow yeah. is a regular for them. I think they would bring in Billy Gunn quite yeah. regularly too and it's like uh they don't get the credit that they deserve at a time when the nwa needed stars to kind of uh to help be recognized nobody gave them any credit whatsoever one of the last i think one of the last cards we promoted because i was i was tied to their their media and like uh doing their graphic design and doing a lot of web work for them on the on the on the outside but um one of the last cards we promoted was uh me versus Nigel McGinnis on the undercard of Samoa Joe versus Loki. Wow. And it was it was a great, 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 great promotion, a great, great card. But man, uh they they I'm trying to think who all I mean they had Pierce there a couple times. They had yeah. Kid Cash. Uh Nigel was there a couple times. Uh, oh what it was the we had a Japanese contingent in uh, with Brent Albright, I believe. Wow! Uh, and like Kenny did everything he could to promote. Of course, he was a he was one of the boys too, so he knew you know, what he wanted out of a promotion and what he wanted. And I don't know if you can hear that upstairs, but just disavow any of that craziness going on and dumping. <laughs> we they come 
I can't hear, but again, you're a father, so I can't blame you, man. Uh, I'm just lucky my my little ones are preoccupied with YouTube right now. Um, yeah. Just for giggles, I pulled up the card for uh, NWA Blue Bluegrass Free Genesis, and I mean, you're wrestling Davey Richards on that card. Yeah, uh, you had uh, let's see, um, uh, Tony Cozina and BJ Whitmer on the card, Sean yeah. Tempers. I mean, and that was that was a semi regular thing for them. It, it wasn't like a, that was a one off. They they would continuously bring in guys with, uh, you know, some some star power to it. So that's a, that's that's another deep dive. Someone's got to get into uh, on NWA Bluegrass and and all the stuff they did for the NWA back in the day. Yeah, they they really he the old adage is you have to spend money to make money, and he. Like he invested and he, he made returns on it because he promoted so well. Um, not everybody did that. Um, <laughs> I, I guarantee Dave Mar- David Marquez could tell you a whole list of uh, issues. <laughs> oh, man. It was just, well, it was a weird beast. Weird, weird beast. Let's talk some more about these issues because this is what people want to hear about. I mean, we want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Like, uh, there's a yeah. lot of great things that happen in your career. Um, you, you continue to happen. Don't let me sell you short. I know the things are still, the balls are still rolling in your court, so to speak. But uh, there was a lot of history that happened. Uh, that you know, you, Chance Province history is synonymous with the National Wrestling Alliance history. I mean, there was the ankle injury that that took the national championship away from you. Uh, there was, uh, you know, reclaiming that national championship. There was, hell, we got to talk about the uh, NWA house in San Bernardino, even if just for a few Ooh. minutes. <laughs> there's, uh, <laughs> there's so much stuff, right? Uh, there, w- If we talk about the NWA house, uh, I hope there's a statute of limitations on things because there was some crazy stuff. Um, who, so- who were you there with? Because I know, like, at, there was a lot of the Australian boys that came and went yeah. from that house. Uh, who were you, who did you stay with when you were there? Me, uh, it was me, David Wallace, uh, which is Wally, Wally, and then Wally. Damien, Damien Slater, and uh, Peter MacArthur. I think, I think, no, not MacArthur. I'm trying McGavin? to think. Peter. Uh, maybe it was Bobby Marshall. Was his? Oh yeah, bad boy, Bobby Marshall. Bad boy, Bobby Marshall. We we actually got to work on a EWF card. It was fun, and. I was super ultra baby face, sans face paint, just a fired up West Virginia boy out in Cali having fun. Um, man, we we had some fun times. We had some crazy times. I never knew that a coat hanger, a plastic coat hanger, could be such a dangerous weapon. <laughs> but those guys, I literally, like, I think it was the first night that I, I, I'd gotten there. Um, they were whipping those across the, like they were boomerangs and just like trying to nail each other while they were having video phone uh conferences like because this i'm trying to think what year that was had it been like 2006 2007 i think 2007 because it was prior to my ankle um getting shattered yeah that was fun um they also we were in the middle of uh where rocky romero was there um left over from the dojo yeah and he was helping us out and he was also in contract negotiations with new japan and uh i think all japan um he took us out we were all celebrating 
and he i was basically driving every like all the australian boys around and let's just say he gave us money i was the dd so you know nothing happened with me um but we were at denny's afterwards and they used every bit of the money he he got got like i don't know how much food but all the food ended up on the table I apologized profusely to the waitress and tried to give her a tip. And she said, oh, no, honey, you're taking them home. You keep this money. So, <laughs> those guys were awesome. But, man, that was that was a culture shock for me. Yeah, for sure. And those guys like to drink. Yeah, they're crazy. But, <laughs> like, literally, and then Wally showed up after, after I ended up going back to West Virginia. Wally showed up because he was doing holiday all around the United States. And literally, he's like, hey, mate, I've never been to a circus. I was like, well, Ringling Brothers is going to be in town. <laughs> he made sure to get a bus uh, bus ride up to where I was. And we went and watched Ringling Brothers with the girl that I was dating at the, at the, at the time. And she's like, who is this guy again? And I told her, and she just, like, glared the whole time because she heard the stories. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But Amazing times. times. Yes. That's the kind of stuff you can write a book about, and no one will believe you either. So you can oh, go no. ahead and just make stuff up at that point because who's going to tell you that tell you that you were wrong? It all sounds like fiction anyway. And when I tell my like, I've got a school, and when I tell my students stuff that we that we did back then, yeah, and stuff that that I was a part of, they're like, that really happened there. I was like, yeah, you guys have it easy. You're fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. Yeah. So. How did we go from training in West Virginia, getting in, you know, getting your work boots in, getting those early matches in, in late 1999, early 2000, to getting to San Bernardino in the house of the NWA? What, what, what propelled you there? How did you get to that point? I think it was the 50th, or uh, it was one of the 50 anniversary, 50 year anniversaries that they held in excuse me, in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And they ended up, um, Marquez and Trowbridge were there, was there. I think Trowbridge was still just legal counsel. Yeah. Um, but Dave ended up, David, I can't call him Dave. I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> which I do. Every, no one calls him Dave. And every time I see him, I'm like, hello, Dave. Um, but they were there and, uh, Joe Price was there, like all the members were there um, at at the time. Mike Porter and everybody. There's there's a story there, um, but uh, too many stories. Uh, but thankfully, some thankfully some of them will never see the light of day. Um, but uh, wrestled that I wrestled the first night of that anniversary show. Wrestled JT Wolf Wolfen Wolf JT Wolf. Yeah, the North American champion because his his opponent did show. I wrestled him, and then the next night I wrestled Trick Nasty, uh, who was a part of NWA Tri-State, and I think we did a, a belt trade there. Um, but after doing doing the deal, and, and I think there was a battle royal I was a part of too, so I wrestled like three times in two days, and it was fun, really, really good fun. And I was like, I'm if I'm going to get an opportunity to showcase myself to all the members then I'm going to do it. And this just so happened I got to, and they asked me to 
come out to the San Bernardino house. Um, of course, I didn't know that the split was going on uh, with New Japan because I was like, yes. The minute they said come out, I was like, yes. Um, but I went out and uh, they treated me great. Uh, and I just kept on going, kept on going. When I came back from California, they were a part of, uh, the NWA was getting in with Greg Price and the NWA Legends Fest in Charlotte. Yeah. And they had already put, they've already decided to put me over for the national championship against Corey Williams at NWA Bluegrass. Um, and then, um, when they wanted to have an, a defense of the national title in Charlotte, uh, David um, presented me with the new belt, which was the old belt that Tully had. Lavery cast it. Um, man, this is a whole lot. Just kind of flooding back. Um, and then this was this was a good story. So that's why I'm stuck on this. I may have gone completely off topic, but no, it should um, keep going, baby. That's what this is all about. Let's just talk about these stories. So Ed Schumann's there, and um, David looks at me, and he's like, you know, it was an old tradition for um, for the champions. Whenever a new belt was cast or a new belt was made, we give the champions the old one. Ed Schumann looked at him sideways and was like, we don't do that anymore. Da, 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 and just all <laughs> rough, and, and David uh, David said, no, he's earned it. He's, he's made lots of towns, and he's put himself out there and he's put our name out there. So he rewarded it. I've still had that belt that actually became the NWA dog, the first incarnation right. of the NWA dog belt. Um, so he gave me that. And then they just let me run with it. Like NWA was so the members were so loose. Like you were talking about, it was just so kind of like everything was in limbo, but there were three letters holding everything together. Right. Um, but like, I don't know, man. Like back then, and Damien can tell you, he can attest to it. We would, we would get permission to to run with the belt and book it in all these territories. But half the time, it wouldn't be in an NWA promotion because the uh, the outlaw outlaw <laughs> promoters um, were were more fans of the NWA than the NWA promoters were. That's so telling, bro. Like. Sorry, I, I just turned into a mark there for a minute. But, yeah. I mean, you think about it, and how many times did you see the 10 pounds of gold or the national championship or the North American title or, heck, even the British Commonwealth title, yeah. all those belts being defended outside of NWA promotions. And it's like, hey, man, sorry, all we can do is a hot dog and a handshake to get you here. Exactly. And, like, that's – it's so wild. Like, you put all that effort and energy to – have those three letters attached to your wrestling promotion and then you don't even book the guys who are holding the belts it's just that's so wild to me it's so it's such a foreign unbelievable idea but uh that's what it was yeah and it was like you, they were only they were only they only had to book like a board control title uh, i don't know how many times like maybe four times a year uh in order to keep their good standing and pay their dues and whatnot they didn't even do that no, go go and look. I mean, that's how. Well, that's that's another reason why like, all these associates came up because like I took over the the website duties from Shane Kidder um, after after a while. So I was, yeah. and I would get all the crazy emails, and I was just like, every time I would open my email, I'd just my eyes would get super huge. Um, 
I'm like, this is what's going on. Oh, we've got a new <laughs> associate member coming in because technically it's still a insert NWA promoter. Um, it's technically still his show since they're running under him. So they would book the champions. So they would have all these associate members, excuse me, all these associate members that would fulfill their obligations so they could keep doing whatever the heck they wanted to. And I'm just like, you're really just in this to use the insurance guys. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's wild. And, um, you know, that, that, that insurance became a big point of contention later down the road, but, um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't. But more, more about Chance Profit. More about that national championship. Uh, you know, you changed your look very significantly. And like we, I remember the flashes of the Dark Child early on in your career. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you had that really, you know, the, the face that I'm looking at right now, the boyish good yeah. looks, the young man. You know, the uh, gosh, that uh, the word I got I'm looking me for with George like, South when I started yeah. painting my face. Well, I was like, uh, I was like, you're like a young Tommy Rich. You're like, you know, the, the girls thought you were good looking. You know, you, yep. you had the boyish good looks, the boyish charm. Next thing you know, you're covering that all up in face paint. Uh, what was the inspiration for that? Because I know it wasn't the traditional like I wanted to be like seeing. I don't think that's what it what it was with you, right? No, not at all. So um, when I first started wrestling, I wanted to do face paint. And it was just a big part of me. Like, if you want to know some weird history about Chance Prophet, before I started, um, uh, before I started professional wrestling, I was involved in drama teams at like at my local church, and I always got, <laughs> I say it in wrestling terms, always got booked to be the devil. Um, <laughs> all right. So I always played the devil in all these dramas and stuff. So I would do my face paint, and I'll do it all twisted and crazy looking. So when I, when I started getting these bookings with NWA and they wanted to put me as a board controlled uh, title member, they're like, we need you to be a clean cut baby face. And with this face paint, you, you kind of need to take that off there so we can run with it. And I'm like, but my gimmick's over. It gets over. Like, yeah, but we need you to be a banner waving baby face. Kind of like Tommy Rich, kind of like uh, your Terry Taylors. Right. Uh, and that's all they kept saying. I was like, sure, fine, whatever, uh, which I should I shouldn't have. But it played into the story, made it a whole lot more interesting later on. Um, so then flash forward, I have to drop the title or vacate the title because I, sh- I get my leg shattered in a title defense in Mount Hope, West Virginia, um, off of a flying friggin' forearm. Um, because people don't, anyway, that's, that's, well, I'll get stuck on that one. Um, <laughs> I get stuck on that one because at the time they were getting ready to put me in a program with Danielson um, for the, where he, they were going to hot shot the world title on him after they did the tournament. And we, we started the angle down in Charlotte. Um, he was beating the crap out of Sean Denny and I ran in and saved him. And then all of a sudden uh, Danielson do- goes down with a, uh, um, a uh, fractured orbital yeah, Orishima. and then no sooner as he goes down I get I get the ankle injury now I'm just like crap this is just ridiculous um, so cookie cutter baby face comes back like I've got some type of mutant healing factor um, they sh- I shattered my leg in seven places uh, dislocated the tib um, they uh, 
they put me back together, put seven screws in a plate in there. And then six months later, after two, well, after two months, they've already, um, they've already cleared me to go ahead and hit the weights after six months. But an initial prognosis, the doctor said it'd be a year before I even walk. And six months, they cleared me, said, you can go ahead and go back to normal activity. I'm like, do you know what my normal activity is? <laughs> <laughs> they said, yeah, you're good to go. you like, you got something weird in there. So you're, you're good. You're good to go. Plus it's screwed together. So it's not going to go anywhere. Um, so I came back in six months time and I guess they didn't really factor me into, into things again. And I kept trying to get booked, kept trying to get booked. They're like, yeah, this is the old adage, the WWE adage creative just didn't have anything for me. Right. And they, they'd moved on and I can't blame them. I mean, if someone goes down, I mean, you, you got to keep the ship going. Um, so I was like, well, screw it. If no one's going to pay attention to me, I'll just start doing what I want to again. So it was about the same time that, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker came out in the dark night. And I'm not going to say that I didn't draw huge inspiration, but I did draw huge inspiration from him. And that happened. And I just kind of pushed forward and kept trying to do my own little thing. And it evolved even further to they were like, hey, we really like what you're doing with this thing. Um, and at that time, Gunner, which is Jackson Riker, uh, um, Phil Shatter, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, he's getting ready to be called up to Impact, so they need to get the belt off of him. They said, hey, let's go ahead and see if you can run with this again. And I'm like, sure. But this is also... I say that and, and act like nothing else happened in between there. There was one person that actually went to bat for me, and it, uh, that was uh, Jaden up at Dog, uh, yeah. NWA Dog. He literally, he's like, if they're not going to book you, I'll book you. I'll make you my champion. I'll put you with everybody coming and going. I had, like, my first NWA Dog championship match was against Nick Gage, uh, Ricky Reyes, and Little Guido. And yes. And he literally, he was like, I'll keep putting them out there. If not, if they won't notice you, I'll make them notice you. And, so, and when you start talking about, like, again, and I, I have this pulled up because, of, of course, we're going to talk about Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Uh, all the guys over there consider them friends. They come on the podcast from time to time. But, I yeah. mean, look, I mean, you were in the ring. Like you said, you 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 won the title in a match with Nick Cage and Nunzio and Ricky Reyes. Uh, you're in the ring with Sonjay Dutt. Corey yeah. Hollis, Caleb Conley, Jason Kincaid. I mean, yeah. it, and that's not just in dog, but that's where you elsewhere where you were defending the title as well. I mean, you're you're in the ring with uh, Manu with with uh, obviously the maestro. Um, yeah. Chance, oh, uh, oh, you know, my, let you me had, hit, I, <laughs> let me hit you with my Kenna Kabashi chops, brother. I'm like, yes, sir. Whatever you say. <laughs> It was at the time, though, man. I mean, it was kind of a big booking, and and then like you know having that title in Mountain State, and uh, of course in the promotions you were working in West Virginia and everything else. It's, I mean, it you helped cement Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators as a promotion that people needed to pay attention to. Yeah. All the while, they kept doing their responsibility and giving you opponents that were interesting that would get people to pay attention as well. So, very symbiotic relationship that I think benefited both parties uh short term and long term very much so dr lawrence zirconium is a very very benevolent benefactor <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> he was very, very good to me. Still a good friend. I, I don't talk to him as much as I should, but he, he literally, had it not been for him, I'd say they probably would have just left me by the wayside. Um, but I've, I've told Dr. Z that uh, he needs to open up that wallet sometime soon and, and bring you in and bring Damien in, and that way I could come in, fly myself out there, and finally get the yeah. match that I wanted to see like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I told him that. So if you're, if you're watching Antonium, Dr. Z. He has literally tried to book us for like, well, book me back for years, I know. Um, but every time he's had something, something's happened. I've been booked somewhere else. Uh, probably had a kid or four, um, <laughs> but yeah, that he, takes their toll though. And I, I know, I know, like I'm laughing because I've got three, and yeah. three's a handful. Um, yeah. You've got four, and they're a lot closer in age to, to each other. Yes, um, they are. And being a you know, being a dad is super rewarding. It's one of my best things I can do every day. But I, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that it's always like uh, rainbows and lollipops. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's really hard. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you're out there pursuing your passion, pursuing your dream, you know, yes, they come first always. And sometimes that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. Like, how do you how do you manage, you know, that that scale of being a papa and also being a pro wrestler? It's it's a very, very definitely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And uh, the first clue I had I, and, it, and people tell you stuff all the time. Uh, there's not very many. Uh, it, it's a lot better than what it used to be as far as far, fathers that are professional wrestlers being there for the kids. You always yeah. heard the horror stories when you when you were coming into it. Like, oh, this is a single man's business. Don't be a father. Da, 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 da. Um, but uh, the the one that really clued me into on, on how hard it was was Pierce. And we yeah. were coming back from a, a I think uh, we had to wrestle each other in uh, Sagersville, Kentucky, maybe. Um, uh, I'd gotten this lost after him asking if, uh, he's like, you know, you you know, your way around here. I was like, yeah, man, I drove this is like 20 minutes from where I grew up and I got us lost. Um, um, that's awesome. But we were talking about kids and, you know, he's got two of his own and he was telling me that, you know, the, and I asked him, I was like, cause my son Jude was very young at the time. And. He said it's always the hardest once they reach the age where they can tell you, Daddy, don't. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's, man, that sounds like it'd be hard. And boy, when that happened, oh, it was, Dad, you're going again. I was like, oh, that was it. He called it. Yeah. But, but now they're just like, oh, Dad, uh, you leaving? Okay. Or it's, Dad, you got to go wrestle. They're trying to push me out. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I got the uh, yesterday, I, Sunday, Saturday. I got from the littlest Piper. She looks me in the eyes and she goes, "Dad, I love cuddling with you." And my heart's melting. I'm like, "Piper, I love cuddling with you too." She goes, "But you go to work." And then she scowled at me and then she walked away. I'm like, "Hey, someone's got to pay the bills. Come on, yeah. cut yeah. me some slack." But yeah, it's it's and it's not just pro wrestling. It's everything. But of course. Yeah. You know, you, when you leave, you are gone for, you know, sometimes it could be a few days because transportation and everything else. So, yeah. of course, it's got to be tough. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, you 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 uh, persist. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, I'm sure your kids are going to look back in years from now, when, you know, when they're adults and they're like, wow, our dad, not only was our dad a pro wrestler, but he was here. So that's I mean, that's really cool. That, that's something that's, uh, you know, something you can be proud of. You can hang your hat on. 
Yeah, they 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 love it. They love me being a pro wrestler. Uh, my oldest is a little bit different. He's like, Dad, do I have to be one? I'm like, no. Like, you don't have to be one. <laughs> this kid's super smart. Even though he's going to be like 6'8", um, uh, he's just super, super smart. And he's he's like, do I have to? I was like, you don't have to do anything. I was like, you go after what you want to do. Right. Uh, and everybody asks me, are you going to push him into the business? No, but I won't be a hypocrite and tell them they can't. Right. Um, but yeah. And when, when you see him and he's going to be six foot eight, you're like, man, if I just had a little bit of that size, you know, if I just had a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, I would have been signed back in 08. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the journey, right? The journey is is kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you started off, you went to the, the, the anniversary shows, which kind of open up the doors to get into um, the NWA house in San Bernardino, your workout here kind of helped you land the national championship spot. Uh, the injury derails everything. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Arconium, Jaden, the folks at dog look at you as like, Hey, this guy's a hot commodity. Let's get him back out here. Let's get him. At, if the NWA isn't going to do anything with them, we'll, we'll bring him in. We'll use him. And then, you know, then the national championship it, it becomes available again. It, we were alluding to that, uh, you know, Phil Shatter, uh, you know, there was two thoughts at the time. There were thought they were there were thoughts that he would become the next world champion, or there yep. thoughts that he was going to leave for impact. And it and it seemed like any one of those could have happened. Um, of course, he ended up going to impact, and that created a void in the NWA. Uh, everyone knew it was kind of coming, but the, again, the office called on you to fill that national title spot. What did that mean for you as a as a pro wrestler with him coming back with that title again? And what did it mean to you to, of course, send uh, Shatter on his way out? It was really, it was, it made me feel like, okay, I've got, I've got my momentum back and I've got the attraction and I was thankful that they still had faith in me. Um, because even though there was so much on the fringe in the, in the NWA, the stuff that, that David and, and Bob were doing, like the, the mainline NWA stuff and, and stuff that Kenny was doing and dog, um, like they were really doing some some great stuff and and making strides and pushing forward. Obviously, by what David's done with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, you can see what would have happened had people listened. Um, but man, it was the fact that they put that back on me. Um, it really, I was like, okay, let's do everything we can to make sure that that this this run doesn't get derailed. And like I just pushed and and tried to. Book, they gave me the opportunity to, to book some shows uh, under NWA Premier Banner, um, which I, I ran with as long as I could. But being a promoter and a wrestler at the same time, not for me. Um, yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. If you love it and you can multitask in that, then you're a better man than me. I, I don't delegate authority as much as I should. And I become, I micromanage myself, which just makes you crazy. Yeah, um, for sure. But I pushed, pushed that title as far as I could. And as long as I could, had some really great wars with Damian Wayne. Um, had really get, great wars with uh, Cahagas, which led to the relationship I developed with Howard Brody and Ring Warriors, um, which everyone saw where that was going or, or where that went. Um, I, I really missed that place. But the uh 
the stuff that I got to do with that title was just, it was just awesome. And the fact that they let me go back into it uh, and trusted me enough with it, that was, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, um, as I'm sitting here looking at some of the matches that uh, were presented to you, I mean, again, Jason Kincaid, Al Snow, Damian Wayne, multiple times, Tommy Dreamer, Cahagas, Christian York. Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of, uh, good talented names that you shared to, the ring with. Uh, got to go with Colt Cabana too. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 National. That may have been a national. Yeah, that was a national. Yeah. It's you know I'm I'm right now looking at um, cage match. That's kind of like a, yeah. a very reasonable uh, good resource, but it's not always 100 percent accurate. And uh, I found a lot of times that they don't have a lot of, uh, especially when it comes to the NWA. I feel like maybe I was the only one, you know, blowing that whistle back then with yeah. the results. Uh, you know, Eric Sachs and Jeff Capo and myself were like really the only guys pushing that NWA banner back in those days. So it's kind of hard to find, uh, you know, accurate results with, you know, the matches that were like happened. I know some places even advertise, like they'll show like, oh, this flyer had uh, so-and-so versus so-and-so and he, you know, he left with the title, so he must have won, but Oh, so and so never even showed up to the event, so you, you yeah. didn't put out the right information. It so, happened a lot back then. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, great talent. I, I mean, just a lot of solid dudes that you got to share the ring with uh, when you were national champion. Um, what what fond memories do you have of that uh, that title run? Um, me and me and Pierce got to throw fireballs and. <laughs> Damien's face. That's while right. JJ was managing Pierce. That was fun. Um, uh, JJ Dillon uh, got to advise us on that. That was fun. Um, with Cahagas, uh, what we did in Florida, the compliments that we got off the first night was enough for me to be like, okay, I can quit because Dusty was Dusty was in the back and wow. like we got comments that night that we had heat like he and Sullivan had. And this, wow. this was in one of the armories that, that they actually like bled all over the place. So that was a huge compliment for, for me just coming to a new territory and us just like going out there and going ham on each other. Um, had a lot of fun with him, had a whole lot of fun with, with Cahagas. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, uh, when me and Tommy dreamer, did the match in remix uh, or at remix in Marietta, Ohio. That one was just off the, off the charts because like, and, and sidebar to that, before that happened, I was getting WWE tryouts and, and I'd actually hung out with him at catering him and Sergeant Slaughter at catering just like, because we were, I, we were just doing extra duty. So there wasn't a, we were like, I can't even remember the angles that we were in on. One time I got almost got punked out by Batista um, because I, <laughs> they told us to hook and I hooked. Um, just being overzealous. Um, uh, but I got to meet Tommy and then we got to work together. So when we got to work together, it was a whole completely different thing. He said, I didn't know that you were that same kid that, that I talked to at catering. And we, and we had a lot of fun. That man's crazy. He's really cool, but he's crazy, and he likes to do stuff that he probably shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was there for that one. Uh, Our pal, and that's how weird the world of pro wrestling is. 
my pal Al is your pal Al. Yeah. And and that dude, I, I love that dude, and he knows it, but uh he's he literally I met him at the uh 70th anniversary show for the NWA. And since then, I've seen him a handful of times. But he he came through California, and at that time, there was just too much stuff going on in my life, and I really wanted to go to a show with him. We never we never hooked up. But if he ever comes back out here again, I'm I'm taking him to uh, Fazoli's, and I'm buying that man some pizza. Yeah. So Al, if Al will like, Al is like the ghost of good wrestling. So if yeah. he shows up, most of, if I'm looking around at intermission, and I see Al. I'm like, okay, everything's okay. <laughs> Everything's going to be good. At least I'll get an honest review of what went down. For um, sure. But uh, every time I see him, like, so first time he saw me, <laughs> first time he saw me wrestle was at 304 Wrestling in a in a volleyball, a, a beach volleyball sand pit. And that was the most horrible idea ever. I don't know if he remembers all of it. I don't think I do because I'm pretty sure I, I got knocked out in the match. But, oh, no. um, yeah, um, it, it was I was trying to protect the guy. The guy moved out of the way, and I just I ate the mat. And I, the on button came back. Like, the reset button hit somewhere in the, after nine minutes. So, oh. yeah, a lot of craziness. Uh, uh, but it was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, but if you can't remember it, is it really fun? Um, Al probably had a better time than I did that night. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, whenever he's there, it's just crazy cool. Um, everyone's like, I've seen him. I see him all over. I saw him on NXT. I'm like, yeah, he's more famous than most of the guys. Um, I've been meaning to send him a shirt, but I'm not sure where to send it to because that way, like, uh, it'd be free advertising everywhere he goes. It's a vagabond. I don't want to get too much into it because this isn't an owl show. This is a chance show, but there's something so romantic about the idea of just being able to get in your vehicle and drive wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. And I mean, like I I told him, I go, man, you part of me is so jealous of the life that you have. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love sleeping in my bed, but there's something very romantic about that idea of just, Hey, you know what? I want to go to WrestleMania. I'm going to drive down and go to WrestleMania this year. Cool, man. Literally. No one stop me. I'm going to sleep in in my awesome van, and no one can stop me. Yeah, you know, there there is something awesome about that. Something is just like true true spirit of wrestling right there. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Well, that's enough uh, positive talk about Al. You guys can follow his podcast, Fan in the Van. It's on uh, Spotify. It's on uh, YouTube. Make sure you check that out. Yeah. Now back to Chance, because that's why we're all here, is we're talking about Chance Profit and, and the NWA and the past, present, and future of the NWA, um, because you fit in, in two of those roles very, very comfortably uh, for what you did, you know, in the, in, the, in the past and what you continue to do for pro wrestling these days. Um, you know, that national championship meant a lot. And then that title, uh, you know, they, they moved on. They put the belt on Cahagas. Uh, who Cahagas, I, I mean, he's a friend of the show, too. I, I very much enjoyed Cahagas, uh, his work stuff. Um, and again, at that time, I would throw his name as one of the pillars of the NWA. Um, of course, you guys uh, were all a part of the uh, event at Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators to crown a new champion because the NWA had 
changed ownership. And that's the first time that as far as I've ever followed the NWA, there was a, a literal ownership change of the brand and yeah. everything changed almost overnight where, uh, you know, Adam Pierce, Colt Cabana left the title in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, um, you know, Bob Trobich is no longer the executive director. The board of directors has been dissolved. You have Fred, you have Chris, uh, and you have uh, Bruce, who are now in control of the NWA. How was that for you as a talent to kind of be thrusted into this weird like time and space? Because again, some of the people you knew who were in the NWA were now no longer a part of that brand. And as a wrestler, you were still much involved. And, and I think you were still doing uh, some of the graphics and stuff for the NWA as well too, right? Yeah, I was getting ready to, uh, with everything that went down and just again being privy to all the stupid emails i say stupid because there was a lot of craziness going on Um, dude they were just it was so cutthroat and everyone's just like ready to we'll start this we'll do this i'm like don't talk about it just do it because the minute you say you're going to say it you're you're done um someone else has already heard it and they're going to run with your idea um but that was the most chaotic yet. I mean, a lot of us were really, really, I don't want to say optimistic, but we were just like, okay, let's see where this goes. Because the, like the original, like the membership, the board of directors and all the, the guidelines and rules that they had to abide by, it was just so crazy, but it kept, kept everything. It was supposed to keep everything in the corral, Yeah, but it never, there was always one fleeing away from the herd and doing their own thing. But when Bruce and uh, everyone just dissolved everything, it was just like, because I think we had that one show in Charlotte prior. uh, It was supposed to be me and Damian Wayne in a street fight. And when we got there, we were told, okay, no blood. And we're like, what? No color at all. I'm like, uh, I literally bought these pants so that I could get his blood all over him. And I'm wearing a white white shirt, which never <laughs> happens. Uh, but yeah, they're like, yeah, we can't do this, and this is the new director, and da 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 da. And I'm just like, hold up, this is. It was just such such a weird dynamic that because at that point we had we just been accustomed to writing everything out and seeing who was going to step up and try to be the next top dog. Um, right. man, when, when everything went the way it went, uh, I mean, Bruce did some good stuff. Um, yeah. You, you know, I think there's a, look, I, I'm, I'm one of the biggest detractors of Bruce's time with the NWA, but even I can admit there was a lot of positive things that came out of his involvement with the NWA. I mean, the least mm-hmm. of which brought the 10 pounds of gold to new Japan pro wrestling. And we got to see yeah. a lot of, New Japan talent in the United States. I mean, we had uh, not only Satoshi Gojima come here, but also Hiroshi Tenzin. You know, yeah. Rob Conway was able to do a couple of tours. A lot of NWA affiliated guys were able to get opportunities in Japan. I mean, Chase Owens, yeah. he's still working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Legit. I mean, he, he, if, he, did, he certainly came up. If nothing else but Chase getting over there, well worth it. Yeah. Um, he's a he's definition of a good brother. Um, but daggone it, man. It was just once, once we started seeing the patterns of, Oh, we're going to push these guys. And at the minute 
and this is just the way I was brought in. The minute that people forget about you or, or don't put you into the plans, you have to start spinning your wheels and get to a different territory. Um, you, because otherwise you get stuck. Right. Um, and that's, that's literally where it was going. And I could see some of the patterns just being, even though it was new ground, uh, the minute that you have to, and I love, I love Bruce, never got to work for him. Uh, had really good conversations that had nothing to do with wrestling. Um, but I never actually really got to work for him. Um, so I can't really say he was a bad boss. Can't say that, can't say that he was, you know, good. Uh, he was just there. Um, but then everything ends up in Billy's hands, which Billy's doing some really cool stuff. Um, I don't, it, it looks so much and, and, honors the Jim Crockett promotions so much that, I mean, you can't really hate it, but the stuff that happened when Bruce kind of just kept going over to Japan and, and everybody else just fell off to the wayside and it's like, okay, I can see where this is going. Hopefully it continues on. So the, so the brand still survives. Yeah. And it was just, it was sad, but it was also, it was needed. I was, it's what should have happened when bob and dave were pushing heavy and doing yeah. the casino tours and and everything that they were doing if people would would have stepped out of the way for the greater good it would have been it would have been amazing i think so but i mean dave david's dreams never die until david lets them die so he he just found a way to to put his his own spin on things and make it work it it, so, it it's taken him some time and, and I'm sure things would have been easier had uh, he been able to run with that NWA name. But I mean, uh, you, you, you can't, uh, you can't over um, state what he was able to do. Uh, I mean, I mean, again, going back in those days, the early 2006, 2007, doing the small arena shows, the TV that they were producing in Hollywood was very, very top notch even before the NWA Hollywood, but the NWA sh uh, showcase, well, it's such a great show just had you know and they were and they and they were trying to feature a lot of the talent i know that uh you never made it onto the show but i know like you know they they had uh mike dibiase they had um oh gosh uh 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 el leon apollo they had phil shatter yeah. uh, so i mean they, they were definitely trying to get more i mean even steve madison and the chic you yeah. know before all of that happened they were on that show as well so it was like they really did try to produce that show the way I think would have been great for the NWA. And a lot of that hallmark is, is what you see today with, with that show that's produced now. I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's a shot for shot remake or anything like that, but uh, there's still, you know, even though Dave Marquez and David Lagana are no longer a part of NWA at this point, there's still a lot of their, uh, a lot of their essence is still involved with that show. You could, yeah. you could still see it. Um, another program that Dave helped out with that you happen to be a part, and it's it's funny because you were here in San Bernardino, which is now like twenty minutes away from where I live. You were here, uh, you know, you worked in the city of industry with AWS, and they did that sixty man battle royal. I never insane. got to see you live until I drove out to Las Vegas in twenty eighteen and got to finally see you live in the ring at. Uh, the Ring Warriors program that they filmed out at the uh, Sam's Town 
gambling hall. Yeah. Uh, I, I coined the phrase slams town. Nobody paid me for it, but that's, that was me. And uh, it was so good. Just it, print, printing money right there. I'm telling you. And then the partnership with you and funny bone was so twisted, but worked yeah. so well. It's two very uh, different dynamics, but like, very. I know it's like, Hey, he's got face paint. He's got face paint. Let's go. But it, there was more to it than that. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that tag team and, and why we didn't get more of it. I wish I knew the answer of why we didn't get more of it because like we filmed a lot, a lot that, I mean, I guess it played, it aired out on WGN, but, um, and when they, when he put us together and had me do the whole, uh, the Reverend Nelson stuff, it, it was just such a good stretch. Um, and I remember the initial conversation of, Hey, I want to put you, and this is Howard Brody. I want to put you with this, this guy named funny bone. I don't know if you know of him. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's a friend of mine on Facebook that if that tells how old I am, let me put my glasses on. Um, <laughs> um, so he says, uh, he's a little bit different. Uh, he's done some stuff. I was like, I know, I know exactly where you're going with this. So yeah, yeah. He's like, do you have an issue? I was like, no, he's a great talent. I actually, like we, we had talked back and forth and uh, we always wanted to work against each other. It never happened. It, hopefully it'll happen through someone watching this. Um, but he's like, I think you guys would make a really good tag team. I was like, okay, what do you want us to do? And he said, well, I'd kind of like for you guys to be like next generation road warriors. Just go out there and beat the crap out of people. Not really care about who wins, Professor Prophet. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> hmm. Um, but uh, he said, uh, you know, I, I want to do this prophecy gimmick uh, to where it plays off of your like your your other side. Uh, which that that whole discussion on that character because it was like okay are you comfortable with being called a reverend because i know you're you're a real minister i'm like as long as it's nothing blasphemous we're good he's like oh no it's more of a shot towards current political figures and i was just like say no more we're good um so we we ran with that i was doing double duty like cutting the promos um but the stuff with Funny Bone just came supernaturally. We had a good chemistry, and like we were just raw, crazy people. And uh, one one thing that we always got in trouble with, for was not being vicious enough. And I'm like, we're not. Yeah, you guys kind of came out there and just like killed on people. Like, I, what what more could you have done? Did they, they want said, the uh, they want the spike to the eye? What what do they want? Pretty much like it without like massive uh, arterial blood spray. They wanted us just to like completely devour people and never give them an ounce of offense. And uh, the worker in me is just like, ah, that's not inter entertaining. But uh, again, it's TV. So you have to do what, what you did. So after our first match, we completely changed gears and went even more violent and, and just had fun. And then right before everything wrapped with, I still don't even know what happened with Ring Warriors. I don't know the full story. But um, they put uh, Kazarni, um, uh, Sin Bodhi, back yeah. in with us. And oh. we were going to run with that. And he was going to be our handler. And 
a hander that was a servant to the prophet and all this kind of stuff. It was it was going to be really really cool. And then poof. But like funny bone, uh, we still follow each other, still talk here and there, um, just rarely. But he was like one of my favorite tag partners of all time, and we never even got to do all all that they were setting us up to do. Yeah, I I was. I was at the tapings and I just looked up the matches right now. So I would get them right. I thought it was uh, Cassidy Riley and Chase Stevens. I almost yep. said West Briscoe, but it was Cassidy Riley. And I mean, that's a pretty good tag team in and of itself. Like how are you going to go out there and eat those guys up there? It's not like they're like, uh, you know, rookies by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, I remember it being a great match. And I remember thinking like, man, I, I would love to see more of that. And uh, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, I live in Southern California. This is not a far drive to get to Vegas. I was very happy to go see that show. And and like you, I, I, I don't know why it didn't have any more staying power. I mean, yeah, WGN's a big deal. And if the deal didn't happen there, I mean, again, we look to our friend David Marquez, who produced pro wrestling, uh, you know, not for WGN, but for many, many other type of television stations and it's just uh like oh that that seemed like such a good deal i don't know why that didn't work yeah i think there could have been an outlet but and again i'm not i wasn't a part of any of the office back there so i, I wouldn't know exactly what happened but i just know that it was just such good potential i mean you look at the list of people that were was on that roster you had carrying cross you had um jeff cobb who was the champion for a hot minute that switched over to Karrion Cross. You had Hammerstone. You had the inter the the. I guess we would technically be in national TV. So it was Chris Bay's national inter or national introduction to a TV audience. Um, of course, he was there with Future Stars. Uh, yeah, and dude, they're so good out there. That was my first chance to be around those guys and this. Everybody there from Shogun, Shogun to Hammerstone to Bay to uh, Damian Drake. Yeah. Love those guys. Love every and, one of them. And you can't forget, I mean, also Eli Drake was there. Yeah. I mean, there was such a great list of talent. Like, L A Knight. Well, now they're, what are they calling him now? Like, uh, like uh, uh, Dumas or something like that? I don't know, man. He's got a, he's got a new name again. And I'm yeah. sure he'll get it over because he's talented. But, uh, so when I first met him, he was uh, Dick Rick. With oh yeah, Heartland, with Heartland. Yeah, it, uh, he was a uh, very much a, a champion of. I'm forgetting the talk show's host name. Um, uh, someone out there knows, but uh, a real misogynistic radio TV shows uh -huh. uh, host, and he was playing that gimmick very well. He, I know him as Sean Ricker. You know, yes. I, I being out here in Southern California, I saw the. The maturation that put him i was literally there the night that they formed the tag team with him and brian cage yeah. and they were on opposite sides of the ring and they just got tired of their opponents which i think was one of them was joey ryan and they ended up turning and just beating the crap out of those guys so it was a good it was a fitting uh proposal for them but uh yeah i mean that just that guy is so super talented too and along with everyone else on that ring warrior show i just i definitely wanted more for that uh, and, and well, it was Luke Hawks. Big shoot, big shout out to Luke Hawks. Oh yeah, I love that guy. Oh, he, yeah. And that see, that's the thing. You look yeah. at this roster. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, that guy's great. Oh, he's great. Yeah, Hayes was there. Uh, Wes Briscoe was there. Uh, Michael Tarver was there. I mean, it was Francisco Chiazzo, the 
the the uh, Slambinos. The Slambinos were over. They super, were over super over. Vegas. People don't understand how over they were. Like, I didn't get it, but Vegas Disco loved was there. Disco Inferno. I, people hate on me, and people will laugh at this. That was a bucket list for me. I got to beat up Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's awesome to me. I don't care what he does on uh, elsewhere, but he was really super awesome to me. He's like, you know, just make sure you get in there and get in tight with me. I'm like, you're you're okay with me? Just like completely landed. He's like, yeah, man, let's just go for it. He wasn't yeah. supposed to do anything at that point. But he did. Um, so everybody out there was so cool. And then then it just <clears throat> falls apart. And the, and the wild thing about that, too, is they had that video library as well. Maybe it wasn't made yeah. for TV, but I just felt like they could have stretched that show out. They could have had yeah. the content from the past. You were the Bahamian champion for crying out loud. I literally beat a giant in the Bahamas. How was that? Never... <laughs> that was cool. I, I mean... Look, I, I've been to Jamaica, not quite the uh, uh, Bahamas, but I mean, just being able to travel to somewhere exotic and beautiful. I think, oh, yeah, you get to wrestle too. How's so, that? Uh, cool story from there. Uh, me and Cassie, Cassie Riley land, and uh, we have to do a bunch of media. And one of the main sponsors was the only cell phone company that covered the whole island of Nassau. Um, so we go in and do some radio. And people see my face paint, and there's a uh, Caribbean influence, so there's some voodoo attached and some other things. So um, Santeria. Yeah, Santeria is involved. Um, so they, a bunch of priests were calling into the radio station, wanting to come down and uh, bless me. And I said, probably won't work. Probably won't be a good idea, because what we what we believe in, what, what you believe in, what I believe in won't mesh very well. So, uh, it was interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, uh, have crazy, crazy stories where gold dust was on the show. Big Van Vader was on the shows down there. Uh, gold dust actually thought I was African American. That was just, I'm, I'm one of the most Caucasian people you can ever see. Um, I'm a, from redneck logan west virginia so the fact that he thought that i was african-american i was like what uh <laughs> i landed bruce santee's down there hey chance what's up and he's looking around for me I said chance chance is african-american dude and i was like no this is chance right here <laughs> that was one of the first conversations and then like me and dustin had to work like in two like two or three weeks after that at a iwa east coast promotion uh in West Virginia. And he's like, Oh, you're really chance. I'm like, oh, I think I can call my wife and ask, uh, <laughs> but I mean, she doesn't call you chance, but I mean, still, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vader did not want to put over younger talent and was wallering on the floor, like laying in the, in the daggone locker room floor, basically crying, like whining. And the booker, uh, booker man, Mr. Larry Brandon, yeah, he uh, pulled rank on him, and I was like, "Oh gosh, something bad's going to go down." And it was like, "You either do this, or I just take this check right here." And he's like, "No, no, 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 I don't have a problem with that." And I was just like, <laughs> "And the thing was, though, Dustin was like, Dustin had already politic to where because he saw where everything was going, 
And Dustin's like, hey, how about we do a tag match, and I'll get in there, and I'll take all the heat so you don't have to worry about it. And Vader, Leon can just do whatever he does, get come in, do the hot tag, and everybody will be happy. So he was still complaining at that point, and finally Dustin's like, Leon, I'm taking the heat. All you're doing is playing the role of Robert Gibson. Quit crying. <laughs> but wow. so much craziness down there. Um, when I won the Bahamian title, I wasn't even supposed to win it. Um a Titan, I think. Let me think. I'm trying to think of what his name was. Yeah, um, Titan, the giant yeah, Titan. The giant Titan was supposed to go over, and uh, his passport got denied at the at the uh, at at the ticket desk. So, ta-da, Bahamian champion! Yay! Just like that, huh? Yeah, and and. Had really awesome matches with Beastly, uh, aka Edward Malkin, um, and like that crowd down there was electric. They love pro wrestling, and you would have thought we were the the biggest superstars known to man. Uh, it was probably one of the highlights of my career going down there. Didn't get to have any fun on in in uh, Nassau because the island was being all the roads were being rebuilt. Oh. So, we just kind of hung out. Um, we did have one night that we everybody wanted to go to the Atlantis Casino. Okay. So we go to go to go out there, and there's like nobody out, and there's nobody at the casino. I mean, the people working there, and it's a really beautiful resort. We're looking at all these cool pillars, marble everywhere, and we're like, "Where is everybody?" And they're like, "Oh, well, pirates held us up last." last night at gunpoint we're like what (laughs) it's like yeah that's why no one's here because they don't know if they've got if they're completely off the island or or what's going on because they held them with like straight up machine guns like something off of a movie um that's wild man yeah thankfully you were involved no no i didn't do anything that night other than talk to west briscoe and about how uh this was such a good experience, and he's like, "Yeah, I just went over to the to I think I think it was a blackjack or maybe it was roulette." Anyway, he he walked away with like three hundred dollars in, in five minutes, off of like five bucks. That's amazing. I'm I'm still here. My camera just died on me, so give me just a second here. Okay. As I'm te- tearing up my office here to get it ready, uh, well, I'm still here. We're still talking. About what what a you know, with all this stuff that happened, what's some of the memorable moments that you've had in your career? I mean, I know you're not a young chicken, and I'm not saying that to be insulting. Not at all. At some point, <laughs> at some point, you know, Father Time catches up to us all, and you're still out here. You're still putting in the work. How much longer do you see yourself still wrestling? Well, I well, I opened a school back in 2019, so I don't know how long I'll be in on the ring side of things. Uh, I keep saying that. And it's just like every practice I tell the, tell the students, I'm like, no, I'm not going to bump any. I'm just going to tell you what to do and, and help you with stuff. And I ended up going in there, like having full blown matches with them. But um, I, I probably have a good five to uh, maybe five to 10 years left. But I, I've always said that I won't be one of those guys that says they retire because you never retire. Uh, the minute that I just feel that it's time to go, uh, I'm just going to 
walk away and not have any fanfare to it because I, it's better to do that than say you're going to and then three days later go buy some new boots and jump back in the ring. Um, uh, as far as like good stuff that's happened, like stuff that I'll never forget is uh, everything that that uh, NWA Dog did for me and NWA Bluegrass matches like with Adam Pierce, um, Gold Dust, which it wasn't NWA involved, but NWA led for it to happen. Um, matches, all the matches with Cahagas and Damian Wayne. They they kind of blend together with all the the chops and bloodshed and stuff. So, but like everything that that we did, it was magic, and like people like bought that the NWA was still alive once they they saw what we were doing. Um, That's why, again, the standard bearer. I mean, at one point you literally came out to the ring holding the NWA banner literally. on a pole. I was like, he makes my point for me right there. <laughs> literally. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, we're gonna we got a flag for you," and I'm like, "So I'm hacksaw Jim Duggan now?" <laughs> <laughs> no, not that flag. Not yeah. something patriotic. Just something to show that you're uh, loyal to the brand. Yeah, they they put a lot in, uh, put a lot of faith in me. So, well, with good reason. I mean, look, here we are. We're talking about your career some 22 years after it started, and <sighs> you know that's that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like. It's not for everybody. Not everyone could do what you did, what Damien Wayne did, what Cahagas did. And and again, each of you carried a part of that NWA in, in your own way, in your own means. And I mean, that national title, the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators title, I mean, that was part of the NWA when you won it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of that carried weight. And so, I mean, I still have people talking like, hey, do you remember Chance Prophet as national champion? Hell yeah, I do. That was a lot of fun. He was a great wrestler. You know, I ask people, who would you like me to interview? Who would you like me to talk to? Because I want to do some more NWA from the past. You know, there's a lot going on now, but there's a this road that we're on right now was paved on the backs of many, many, many warriors who spent time, you know, building this brand up for Billy Corgan to buy. If it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for Chance Prophet, if it wasn't for Damian Wayne, if it wasn't for Drew Onyx, if it wasn't for Cahagas, you know, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, I always tell people that too with the ten pounds of gold. It's like, you know, my 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 standard bearer for the ten pounds of gold is Adam Pierce. You're either at his level or you're not. And there's yeah. a lot of guys who who don't match up, and there's a lot of guys who have. But you know, you don't get to you, you don't get to uh, uh, Matt Cardona as your world's heavyweight champion if you didn't have Adam Pierce during those lean years. If you didn't have you know, and, and even in the even in the really lean years, I mean, you still had Mike Rapata. If he wasn't yeah. champion then, if he wasn't carrying that title then. What do you have now? Yeah, not nothing to lean on at all. No. Uh, so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, your your legacy is cemented with the NWA, much like uh, my pal Kevin Frazier, uh, the modern day hero, uh, much yeah. like Damian Wayne, and, and so uh, in my mind, you'll always be NWA. But I know that. In this in this continuity right now, this time and pay, uh, place, you're not working for the NWA, but you're still active. You're still doing your own thing. How often are you wrestling? You said earlier that you had to uh, cancel a, a booking, but like, a, are you still out there pretty regular? Pretty, yeah, pretty um, regularly. I'm. I try to make it a point, and I try to tell my students the same thing. And um, I, if I wanted to, I could wrestle like three to five days a week just in West Virginia. I wouldn't be able to pay the bills, but 
Um, I, I try to branch myself out because if you're going to be a professional wrestler, you, you kind of don't hang close to home. Right. Um, even if, and I'm sure that it's the same everywhere. If, if you're a SoCal based wrestler, you don't want to just stay in SoCal because then you're branded as a SoCal wrestler. Right. Um, you want to be someone that travels off that way. When you come home, you're celebrated. Um, I do a lot in North Carolina with um, Revolution Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I think I probably just butchered the name. It's RWA. Julian Strauss runs it. He runs a really great company. Um, uh, SCWA, which hosted a lot of the stuff that me and Damian did back in the day with the NWA dog and national title. Uh, they've they've started up again. So me and Damian are actually tagging on, I think, the 4th of June, me and him were tagging against a couple of the control your narrative guys. I think one of them went down with a knee injury last night though. So it'll be fun to see who they replace him with, but it's the first time we've actually gotten the tag together. I like that. I, uh, I don't know if you remember this and it might've been an awful, awful idea back then, but I thought it was a really cool idea. I, I wanted you and Damien Wayne and, uh, Mark, I think I'm saying his name, right? Mark Bravura, the Memphis Mojo. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted you guys to do like a Freebird style gimmick just because of who you guys were and the stature that at that time you guys had. I thought that would have been so much fun. Uh, but I'm glad you and Damian Wayne are teaming because, uh, again, I'm, I love that guy too, just just like you. I mean, I, I look at him and what he did for the NWA in that time, and, you know, there's a lot of controversy with him, but, you know, yeah. he should have been world champion. Yep. He, you know, he was supposed to. I was supposed to. That's something uh, I literally cried underneath the bridge with with my trainer because stuff fell apart uh, with stuff that was supposed to everything that was promised. And it's, it's just pro wrestling. But like it would have cemented like my career. I could if I was going to hang it up, that could have been what I hung it up off of. But yeah. um, man. Damien was done really dirty, uh, really, really dirty. Um, and I tell people, and they don't believe me, that a lot of that came because of the drama from the message board on my website. Yeah. And they're like, "No, no way!" And I'm like, "No, this is legit. I'm not, I'm not trying to overstate how magnanimous that website was or how important it was, but uh, no, that's generally why they did not put the belt on them." And they're like, "No, you're lying." And I'm like, "I'm not." It's Your so site had more traffic than the actual webs, the actual NWA website. It did, it did. But like, I mean, but if we go back in time too, like if you think about it, there could have been a time and place for both of those men to have that title, yeah. yourself included. I, I, I definitely feel Cahagas deserved that belt. Yeah, but 100%. they could have done that in a different way or transition from Cahagas to at least give Wayne something when it yeah. was promised. I mean. Yeah, I, I'll stop about that. But uh, well, he's he's getting uh, stuff that he deserves now. Yeah, uh, and I won't tell his story because hopefully you'll have him on soon and he can tell he some on, of the stuff. He was on at the end of the year, but uh, this is something that I think I want to do. You know, yeah. a lot. I think having you guys come on and just telling the old stories. I mean, if we don't tell yeah. them, people won't know them and they'll get forgotten and go by the wayside. So this is, uh, I think, this is fun. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's getting, with everything he's doing with heels, he's, that's him, he should have had this type of money back then. Uh, yeah. 
from from just from respect and everything he's done with it because I mean he came into wrestling in his mid thirties. Yeah. Um, he should have. Like what, and he's still he's still in better shape than most guys, myself included, and and I'm ten years or at least eight years his junior, and he's like he's a beast. Yeah, oh, love the dude. I've got scars from the dude. <laughs> Isn't that, what a world you live in that you can say, oh, I love that man. Look at the scar he put right here on me. <laughs> literally, literally. Well, I, chance I, I I said I wanted to keep you for an hour. I know we went a little bit over. But I do appreciate your time. Um, in the in the uh, video description, I'll have links to your your uh, pro wrestling tees and all your social medias. But is there anything else you'd like to plug that's coming up, uh, a future show or some shows that are coming up, or or even your school if someone wants to come train to pro wrestle uh, to be a pro wrestler? Yeah, powerslamacademy.com. Um, it I've got some really awesome. I say kids there. I I try not to like do personal and business, but like. I invest in them. So I got some really awesome kids that are coming out of there. Um, um, my pro wrestling tees, uh, all the social, cause I've got so much stuff spread out and uh, even my schedule, uh, just because I'm scattered sometimes I'll, uh, just put the town. Uh, I'm doing some stuff for PWX out of, uh, Pennsylvania, SCWA and RWA in North Carolina. Um, uh, New South Wrestling out of uh, Lexington, Kentucky is doing some amazing, amazing cards. I won't be back this month, but I will be the following month. And uh, if any, if anything, um, and just my social media, if you if you follow with me, that's that's pretty much to keep up with, with what I do. Well, again, I really appreciate the time, appreciate the trip down memory lane and, uh, you know, nothing but uh, my best wishes and, and all the best of luck on, on all your future projects. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. This has been real fun. By the way, if you guys didn't know, uh, the original logo that I'm wearing today was designed by Mr. Chance Prophet. That was actually an NWA logo. Yeah, it was. And I said, that is too good not to be on a shirt. If they're not using it, let me have it. And you you sold it to me for an undisclosed amount of money. And then when I was like, well, I need something more modern and update, this is what yeah. you came up with. Although we kind of cut the wings off for the hat, but you can see it back here in the banner. Yeah, I'm proud of that one. That was, You should be. I love it. That's like yeah, one I, of my favorite pieces. I love it, too. All right, man. Well, again, thank you for your time. And everybody will be back Tuesday for the uh, pre-party. Hope you'll join us then. Until next time, see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.